Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey there, welcome to The Tint. I'm your host, Scott Fellman, and it's time for a quick foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. You know, today I was talking to somebody um, about sort of a newer hobbyist and we had some discussion about the kind of fishes he wanted to keep and I remember he was was very uh, eager to get some fishes that I didn't think were maybe the best choices and it kind of reminded me of a little story from my childhood. Now we all remember those first aquariums that we might have been exposed to right you know the, the ones that started this whole crazy hobby adventure for us or perhaps as in my case the obsession was already in place but something happened which made it worse. I remember an aquarium way back when I was probably, I don't know, eight or nine years old, which captivated my attention. It was at my sister's friend's house, right smack in the entryway to their home. What I believe now to be a a 40-gallon, I guess they called it a show tank. It was sort of tall and narrow based on my recollection of its size and proportions. It was one of those ubiquitous metal-type stands straight out of the early 70s, decorated with, you know, hanging fishnets and dried starfish, you know, like pure kitsch kind of thing. Yet this particular aquarium captivated me like few other things did at the time. I used to love when my sister would drag me over to her friend's house because I'd just park myself in front of the tank and do what comes naturally for a fish geek. I'd just geek out in front of that tank, taking it all in. So in addition to that turquoise-covered gravel, petrified wood, and plastic plants, the tank had another appeal for me, a cool variety of fishes, including what I thought was the coolest thing out there at the time, a group of kissing guarmi, Helostoma temeniki. Of course... At the time, I was enamored by its goofy appearance, its calm demeanor, and the iconic kissing behavior that would occasionally occur. Now, at the time, I had no idea that this was a behavior that took place between rival males, and females too, so I've heard, and was sort of the equivalent of a sparring contest for the fishes, and it was hardly the charming display of affection that I interpreted it as. And of course, I had no idea at the time that these fishes could reach a size of 8 to 10 inches or more and live up to 25 years. I mean, a group of five of these in a 40-gallon community aquarium just seemed fine at the time. I wanted some. I mean, they were only like two inches long. They'd fit, right? Ah, arrogance. Of course, what the fish did was further my efforts to petition my parents for a larger aquarium for my bedroom. That five-gallon tank that I had since I was age five was no longer cutting it. Nope, I need something larger. Time to step up to the big leagues. Now, I knew instinctively that I could never successfully lobby for a 40-gallon aquarium, but I might just be able to make a case for a 15 to 20-gallon aquarium. Of course, it didn't hurt that my dad was a fish geek with three aquariums full of fancy guppies in the living room of our modest suburban home at the time. It's, of course, that was a huge reduction from the 25-tank fish room he had in the garage when I was a toddler, apparently. He was the guy who got me into this thing. He could relate. He was the guy I could make my case to. Of course, I did press my dad for the big tank, you know, 40 gallons. And, of course, his counteroffer was more realistic at 10 gallons with a little more back and forth and some incentives in place tied to better grades in math. I was able to secure approval for a 15-gallon tank. Little did I know that these negotiation exercises would come in handy decades later when I purchased my first home. Yet another benefit of being a fish geek, right? You learn real life skills applicable to other stuff. 
Each of us felt we got the best end of the deal. I got my large tank. My mom got, you know, little Scotty to shoot for an A in math. It was a win-win, right? And of course, before I finally got the tank, there was a tremendous amount of research being done about all the new cool fishes I'd get. I had to keep a few of my favorites from the five-gallon, like my Leopard Danios, the Corydoras Inus, and my School of Glow White Tetras. Other than those guys, it was a clean slate. And of course, I was able to negotiate through a series of concessions, being able to keep the five-gallon tank in addition uh, to the new tank. So yeah, my first foray into multiple tank syndrome, and I was only like nine. This boded well for my future as a fish geek, mind you. And of course, with the larger tank, I discovered that the accessories and the equipment required had to be scaled up. And this is where my dad cleverly got me. Being an accountant, as well as a fish geek, he wanted to teach me the value of money and the lesson I was about to learn hit home. I'd negotiated the tank, but the equipment I was to supply, which is fine unless I wanted some of his hand-me-down stuff from his old tanks, which I didn't, uh, and the equipment I was to supply. And I learned the lesson that served me well during a lifetime of fish geeking. <laughs> larger aquariums require larger, more sophisticated equipment and accessories, and that adds to the expense. We all know this, but to a nine-year-old who wanted some kissing guarmies, it was an important lesson. Well, it took a lot longer to accumulate all the gear I wanted for the new tank, and a lot of my allowance went to this thing. It was painful, but a necessary trade-off. I think this is when it really hit me, and I really learned about discipline and patience in the hobby. Staring at this shiny new tank, but decidedly empty, it, you know, accumulating that little patina of dust as it waited to be outfitted for operation for several months. And I didn't let those months go to waste. I agonized over the stock list, and that's something I still do today. I selected black gravel because it was the coolest thing going at the time and unfortunately the priciest. And an outside power filter powered by an air pump, a larger, more expensive air pump than I had before, mind you. I decided to go with live plants in my new black gravel. Great decision, right? Um, and painted the background of the tank a deep brown. Well, hey, even then I had an affinity for that color for some reason. Finally came the day, months, months later, when the tank was set up. It was very exciting. Then it was time for me to get some fishes in there. And I remember going down to the local fish store with my mom to get my first fishes. Naturally, the kissing gourmies were at the top of the list. Of course, they weren't in stock at the time, so I had to wait and get some others. I think I got some red swordtails and some rasbora. Still was pretty excited, but I really wanted those gourmies. And as the months passed and as more and more fishes were added to my tank, the painful realization came that I was, well, out of room for any new fishes, let alone the kissing gourmies that I wanted. Nonetheless, on a foray out to the local fish store, I found some, and I was ready to pull the trigger and finally grab the fish I'd been coveting for almost two years at this point. Of course, the owner of the uh, local fish store, an old-school type fish guy named Carl, was acutely aware of all my fish purchases, as well as my tank. When I went to grab the guarmies and fulfill my destiny, you know, destiny here, tough love set in. Carl was quick to tell me, Scott, your tank's pretty much full. Besides, you know those kissing guarmies can get too large for your tank, and damn, I was thwarted. But by my fish dealer, no less. My source, I was done. I was finished. I couldn't get those fishes. Well, not at his store anyway. And quite frankly, not anywhere else because, you know, I knew better. And so did my dad. Yet another valuable lesson for my fish keeping career. You can't always get what you want. Now, flash forward about six years. As a teen, I now had a 40-gallon breeder in my room. Yeah, I pulled that one off. I was looking for inspiration. I thought about some, you know, more fishes to add to the interesting mix that I'd accumulated, which was the usual loaches, sharks, some moss green tiger bribes, resbora, pineapple platies, some large tetras. The tank looked awesome and it, yeah, it was pretty full, but I wanted more. I wanted different. And on a visit to a local fish store, I spied the fish of my youth, the kissing guarmy. 
And the stigma of Carl, the owner, being there to chastise me about my tank size and population wasn't a factor as he'd sold his store a couple of years back. I was, you know, footloose and fancy, fancy free, and I was damn rebellious too. It was time to grab a group and fulfill my childhood fantasy. And I was about to. And then I noticed one of the Guarmis cowering in the corner of the dealer's tank, shimmying away. And I knew what that meant. That's a no-go. Abort. Don't. And of course, being the arrogant suburban I want it now teen with the new wave haircut and the accompanied attitude, I threw caution to the wind and pulled the trigger anyway. Bag these five up, please. I remember saying that and uh, motioning to the seemingly healthy ones. They do finite reason. You know, they weren't showing any sign of illness. Like quarantine? What's that? Yeah, you know what happened. Into the tank, the new kissing guarmies went. They looked just fine. I fulfilled my destiny, and at age 15, I was finally about to have the fish I'd coveted for almost a decade. I earned this. You know, I was stoked. That lasted all of about 48 hours, as every fish in the tank, including the guarmies, began to clamp their fins, shimmy, and yeah, die one by one, along with my other fishes. No amount of Riddick, Quick Cure, or whatever the hell the meds that I had at the time did the trick. I bet against the house and was dealt a losing hand. <laughs> Arrogance had gotten the best of me. I lost every fish but two. Those damn kissing guarmies, they caused this. They're, they're like a curse. Well, no, actually, my lack of judgment, my impulsiveness, and my youthful impatience caused it. My flaunting of some of the basic rules of aquarium keeping, to which I had been brought up to practically follow religiously since I could walk, did me in this time. It was a painful, humbling, invaluable lesson that I would never, ever forget. Even today, when I see a kissing guarmy, I shudder just a bit, perhaps reminded of that painful lesson from that dark period in my you know, fish keeping career. I call it the curse of the kissing guarmies, but really it was no curse. It was the predictable end product of not doing what I knew I should have done. For tempting fate and throwing caution to the wind when it was not necessary is super painful and it was unforgettable. It served me well, very well. I've long since recovered from that painful reckoning, but the lesson that it taught me about patience, skepticism, fundamentals, and oh yeah, quarantine of all new additions has made me a much better aquarist. So I do still call it the curse of the kissing guarmy, kind of in fun, but I know now what it really was. It was a lesson, an awakening, a blessing really, a factor in my youth and maturity in both fish keeping and other facets of life. I've never kept a kissing guarmy since, probably never will, but those five fishes, which paid for my arrogance with their lives, helped me in ways I couldn't even comprehend back then. And to those of you who've learned those painful lessons or have yet to experience the pain, I say to you, learn, grow, listen. Don't forsake the fundamentals of the hobby. Stay patient, stay humble, stay inquisitive, stay focused, stay true to your best instincts, and always stay wet. Until next time, this is Scott Fellman from Tannin Aquatics. Thanks for spending part of your day with me. I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of the tent.